0: Welcome to How Boutham, where a corporate sellout and a stay-at-home dad prolong the victory of your team with detailed discussion on your side's big win. We'll also be chopping up video content of your star performers on YouTube and social media so you can come back to the win over and over again. Like and subscribe and follow us on the socials listed in the show's notes. Enjoy the show.
1: How about the 2022 AFL Premiership season? A Cats Premiership, the year of the Cat. How about them? Ollie? it's been three weeks since the grand final now. You've looked back over the season. What's caught your eye from looking back as the defining moments
0: of this Premiership? So it was a massive, massive year for the Cats. I think they were the dominant team in the second half of the year. So I think in the first half of the year, they were still finding their their way a bit. So they have a new game plan with new assistant coaches, which in the first half of the year, they were figuring it out. And then once they figured it out, things just went from good to great.
1: Can I ask you some of the games you
0: went back over to prepare for our chat today? Yep. So there's a few games, but there's three games in particular that I want to highlight. Round 17, uh, 17, 18, 19 So if you remember Round 15 Was the win against Richmond Oh yeah And what's that Game famous for? Tom Stewart Yeah And so Tom Stewart Would miss the subsequent Four games mm-hmm. And then they would Go and play Melbourne Carlton at the G And Port Adelaide away Yeah A Very tough run of games mm-hmm. And then they would Come away Victorious Uh, They held Melbourne at bay Like by five goals Yeah Carlton at the G, which is you know Carlton very good team, when the finals are not on the line. Yep. And then round nineteen, I think, was their best win for this uh, for the season for mine. The Port one. The Port win. Uh, so in the third quarter, Port Adelaide were coming home like a steam train. Eight goals in the third quarter. A feral crowd just going nuts, willing their home team to win. And Geelong just steadied. They started dominating centre clearances. They and then. They were able to win the game, and I think that, for mine, was the defining game. I've rewatched
1: some of that game, particularly the Cats being able to turn it around and win the game in the last quarter. It's the most desperate football that I saw in all of the footy that I revised from the Geelong season. Everybody was just willing to die for the ball, including the Port Adelaide players, which made the win so good. Um, Any other standouts from that game of players? No, not
0: any particular players. Do you? Do you?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd say Tom Atkins. It was a coming out for Tom Atkins. He was so he was everywhere in the last quarter. Accumulated heaps of the game, uh, heaps of the ball. The commentators were comparing him to Selwood. They said he has he's taking over the role of Selwood, and it was a coming out moment for him. But he had plenty of them through the year. Um, and the other things that I noticed were Tom Hawkins being really clutch. And an awesome Jeremy Cameron goal to start the last quarter. Um, yeah, that was a hot, hot game. Yeah, I agree with the games you listed. By the way, um, another I want to add some of their early games as well. I've I've gone back on their first game against Essendon, which um, is a symbol of how we probably let Geelong fly under the radar for too long as a footy public this year because people would have seen that. That scorecard and seeing that Geelong smashed Essendon and not thought that much. But if you watch from the very first bounce of that game, Geelong looked a pretty different team this year. And what usually happens when a team comes into a season as a new year is they'll have relapses like Geelong had against Hawthorne. They had it against St Kilda. Um, but they were... On it from the word go against Essendon. I saw some of that, and that leapt out. The other one that I want to give a shout-out to from early in the season, you're right, so much of that stretch from around 15 to 19 was dope, but the Collingwood one is a really good rewatch because it's similar to the Port one. Collingwood were on top. The crowd was chanting, Collingwood, and the Cats executed with such poise. They had less scoring shots quite significantly in that game. It was a very clutch Geelong team this year. A lot's Mm. made of how clutch Collingwood is. Ironically, Jamie Elliott missed an important goal at an important time in that game. Yep. Um, But the Cats were so precise. I remember great kicks from Holmes and Dalhouse and great shots on goal from 50 in that last quarter. They just... They held their nerve even early in the season. They were holding their nerve, but then they got tested so much, like you said, later yeah. on in the season. Which which players leapt out
0: for you in your revision? Yeah. So I think you've mentioned him, um, but I want to shout out to Adkins. Yeah. So he had he started the season in the back pocket or as it's in the defence, and then in round eleven, due to injuries, he was moved to the midfield against Adelaide. Mm-hmm. He had seventeen tackles. Yeah. And uh, seventeen tackle, and then that it, that was just the catalyst for his like he's in the midfield. Um, and so I did some research onto Tommy Atkins.
1: Yeah, well, I keep talking about him, but I want to I want to expand on Atkins for
0: sure. So he had that switch from defence to midfield, which is you know in round eleven, and then I just want to highlight his endeavour mm-hmm. as a player. Um, all the. His teammates talk about how selfless he is. And uh, and he's an absolute tackling machine, raging bull. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he won the best clubman for 2022. Yep. Uh, and one of the reasons he switched from defence to midfield was James Kelly, so a new assistant coach, said to him, you can play midfield. And Chris Scott has emphasised the need for coaches to have freedom of thought. So I think this is a, a bit of a change that we saw within Geelong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Tom Adkins is the, you know, highlights that, that importance. Um, mm-hmm. And just a quick anecdote about how good a bloke he is. So he used to um, captain the VFL, Geelong VFL, and a few years ago he got a message from their list manager and he was overlooked. And his response was appreciation. He's like, look, I understand how hard it is to be a list manager and to keep everyone happy. I'm just r- happy to run around in the twos. And he, and he just worked on his game each year to become... Of premiership player.
1: Yeah, I think he's going to be underrated. One of the most underrated players in the AFL for a while, and it's because he's not a huge accumulator of the ball, but he wins important possessions, and that they make a big difference. They're very in and under um, critical touches in the guts. Yeah, uh, he does have some wheels. He's a good user of the ball. He he contributed massively to the Jack Henry goal, which is one of my favourite moments of the season against Richmond. It was within the last two minutes of the game, Morris Rioli Jr. had just kicked a goal to put Richmond back in front after Geelong had steadied. Once again, they held their nerves, steadied the tide, took the lead, and Tom Atkins scooted away like a prime Chris Judd. (laughs) Um, And it ended up in the Henry Mark and goal, which won him the game. Don't you reckon he's going to be in the most underrated players for years to come for, for those reasons?
2: Yeah,
0: like I think we'll it's, we'll wait and see to see if he remains to be under um, underrated. He could become underrated for so long that he becomes overrated. You know <laughs> those, those players, but yeah, he's he's a very good player. It's happy, yeah.
1: It's I'm very, very well. Geelong to I think to have players that are very good that people fly under the radar for a little while. Yeah, right? I agree. It happened with Joel Corey and James Kelly and Corey Enright, and all of a sudden they've won multiple flags and. Yep. You're like, oh yeah, they're absolutely awesome.
0: Yeah, typical Geelong.
1: Yeah. Do you have any players? Players, yeah, lots of players leapt out at me. the The obvious one to mention is that across all of my revision, Jeremy Cameron's playing really well and contributing the whole time. That that leapt out. Um, what I noticed watching the Essendon game at the start of the year. Patrick Dangerfield started like a house on fire. Yeah. yeah, he started like an absolute house on fire. And um, he obviously came home hard in the finals. But it was such a broad team effort. This, sound, this sounds like a real flowing answer. So I'm going to find a name to throw at you. I'm going to say De Koning. Yeah. He Koning, um, in a lot of the most important times of their season, De Kony was was outmarking really good key forwards. Yeah,
0: he's going to be one of the best uh, key position players in the game very soon And I think The importance that he oh, brought he to is, the year I reckon. Already yeah yep. Is uh, the structural changes That he allowed mm-hmm. So Blisavs, It allowed Blisar To move into the midfield Yep uh, It allowed players like Colo um, Henry and Buse To have a more attacking game plan Because there's so much trust That Sam back there Will probably just outmark Or not get beaten In a one on one So I think With the retirements last year It did become Tom Stewart's backline but like this backline wouldn't be what it um is without Sam Dekoning.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's probably my favorite backline now in the AFL just with its balance and what Dekoning has brought to it. Yeah. Opening up the role for Bliss Arves to go in the midfield really leapt out in that Carlton game that you mentioned. He did a tagging job on Cripps and massively outperformed him. And it's a sight to behold watching Crips who Crips usually looks like a monster running yeah. around. Yeah. And seeing Blitzarves next to him towering over him.
2: <laughs> yeah, that he
1: that unlocked so much. Um, it's so cool watching a game style change and you know, at the start of the season, I actually saw Sam DeConing, funnily enough, in the forward line in one of the games oh. I was looking back on. Yeah. Who's yeah. really impactful in their comeback against Collingwood. <laughs> <laughs> the forward line? Yeah, it's yeah, funny. Yeah. Um, what what other sh- tactical shifts and um, game style changes across the year yeah. caught your eye? So,
0: uh, just before uh, we go into that, I think what happened at the end of last year, Geelong would have uh, sort of cleaned out a few assistant coaches and they brought in some new faces with fresh ideas. So names such as James Kelly, Matt Egan, Eddie Betts and Josh Jenkins. And then that previous quote about Chris Scott empowering his coaches. So I think the evolution that we saw was like last year and the years before, we saw Geelong play it quite a possession-heavy game, mm-hmm. um, and like they and it always stood up in the home and away season. But in the finals, there's always question marks. Yeah, and so what we saw this year, I think, was a, a, definitely a more attacking, uh, attacking game. Mm-hmm. Built on some amazing pressure from their small forwards. Yep, so Stengel, Close, Gary Rowan, uh, Jeremy Cameron becoming the best player in the league. Yeah. Um, Helps a bit, but then also the defense. Um, it became Tom Stewart's defense, and then with the with the rise of Sam Deconing, they could uh, def- they could slingshot after slingshot the ball from defense really quickly. Yeah, and then having the like Jeremy Cameron as that link-up played all the small forwards running around causing chaos, and then Tomahawk just being, you know, one of the best inside fifty targets we've seen. Uh, it was, yeah, I think that's how I viewed their evolution.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think a centering kick is probably the disposal that makes me think of this Geelong team the most. The yeah. centering kick from defence, even though they do it not every time, it's not their, it's not their pure identity of where are centering the ball, but the amount of times I saw Jeremy Cameron, Cameron wheeling inside and hitting a laser, Stuart, Duncan, and the like, um, because they were willing to bite off and attack earlier. Um, and... Like you mentioned, the small forwards were so great at also getting out the back. They were really good this year at breaking from contests and
0: streaming into forward with space. Yeah. And and what's interesting is when you're talking about that is when we're re-watching the finals and, and the games, other teams had to do so much right in order to kick a goal. Even But then it also meant that because they set up so well that they could take some risks yeah. coming out of defence, but they're not really risks if they're great Decision makers with great field kicking. Yeah.
1: Um, Stuart, Duncan, and Cameron, all exquisite field kicks. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yep. Yeah. And so that, that just opens up the, the, um, the Ford 50 thrusts.
1: Yep. Uh, I rewatched recently the Collingwood final, the Geelong Collingwood final. That was an incredible game. The scores were tied until very, very, very late. And what won them the game was this funny uh, Cam Guthrie link-up with Duncan on half-back, which was extremely risky. It was off, like, a, you know, there was a couple of off-hand balls and they had to keep supporting each other and keep focusing. And then they eventually got it out to Cameron, who had gapped his man, and Rowan got it to close, who kicked the winning goal. Might have been Holmes, who cares? It were, And that, that shows that they could find a seam in even the best defences... The best the best offences in the league really couldn't find a seam in this Geelong team, could they? They they were a pretty perfect squad, so much so that I would say I can't remember a team being in
0: a tier of their own as much as this one was. Can you? There's a few previous um, grand final wins. I think last year, Melbourne were... I'm going to argue here. I'm going to argue. I, I, I think the
1: Dogs and Melbourne were com- were competitive with each other across the year and they I do agree that Melbourne was in a tier of its own but I think it was a much more intriguing battle between them I think Geelong was Geelong was this year two games on top of the ladder and they pretty much had no flaws like they they were the best scoring team they were yep. the best defensive team and I I think you know there was no way they were going to be 19 points down in the grand final this year.
0: Yeah. No, that, that's fair. That's fair. I'm just
1: picking fights, man. I'm just picking yeah. fights. No, dogs are
0: good as well, don't Yeah, they?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, like, you could maybe say um, there are... We have a bit of recency bias, I guess. Yeah, but. I
0: guess. Yeah. Maybe the Geelong 2007. The premiers <laughs> are always good. Yeah, this is a Geelong podcast. So,
1: Geelong 2007... 2009, I think they were a tier of their own. <laughs> um, Ollie's a Saints fan, by the way. <laughs> when he's not that, a Cats fan.
0: Don't remember 2009, actually.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's fair. But they're, uh, they're a very special team to watch. And they were. It was often brilliance that came through. It was often just, what's going to win them the game here? Oh, yeah. they're just going to execute everything perfectly. Yeah,
0: they just Geelong just did more right more often than their opponents yep. most of the time.
1: Yeah, which, which other players have leapt out to you across the journey?
0: Yeah, so uh, Zach Guthrie, want to give him a shout-out. So he really stepped up as a player in 2022. Uh, he's got amazing skills. I love his uh, sk- skills. He's kicking, his handballing, and he's, he's, he's like he's got a slightish frame, but mm. I still think he's really strong. He must have an extremely good core. Probably he came does, back stronger this year, didn't yeah, he? Must do a lot of Pilates. Yeah he's a great
1: example to talk about because this conversation should be partly why did they win the flag and what was different from last year and he feels like it was one of them wasn't
0: he yeah exactly and really good ground um, ground defense actions yep. as well and then he can hit a moving target Yep. so which opens everything up uh, I think is the is the fairy tale of 2022 tyson Stengel? yeah he's he's the one that if
1: you could think I love this question who's the single biggest um, difference from last year to this year, it's got to be Stengel, right?
0: Yeah, and you know that first game against Essendon, yep, kicks a lazy four. Yeah, this is a four. sign of things to come.
1: It was evident early as well. I watched, the, I, 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 noticed that the chemistry wasn't fully there yet either, but he still kicked the lazy four, and he was definitely the recruit of the year in the AFL. Yeah, um, it helped having two sixty-goal forwards. <laughs> Is great, but having Tyson Stengel next to them means you're going to be an impossibility
0: to defend. Exactly. And he, he just compliments Tom Hawk and Jeremy Cameron so well yeah. as well. Uh, but there's a few other small forwards as well. So your guy, um, Brad Close, mm-hmm. with the long sleeves. Yeah. He's so It took me a while to warm to him, to be honest. And then once I understood the importance and the impact that he has on games and how important he is for Geelong, I was all about him. Good looking rooster as well. Yep. Um, but elite pressure. Yep. Incredible endurance. He's very clean with the ball. Yes. He's tough as nails. Really good decision making and like IQ and like has like those li- little touches. Yep. That don't go into the score sheet. So, you know, the Joel Selwood goal?
1: In the grand final. In the grand final. Yep.
0: yep that was a tear jerker. The tear jerker. Yeah. That was a, that was a, just a dinky, Little uh, tap by Brad. Yep. Yeah. I really loved, loved what he brought to the table.
1: I don't want to step on a segment we have later, but I looked across his final series as well, and his production was really consistent. Uh, he he played very well, and it showed in his output in every single one of their finals wins. Yeah, um, and you're right, he's a really well-rounded player. He can like run through stoppages as well. That's That's a really unique player, a guy who can be a stoppage rotation, get out and run, kick a goal, hit up targets. Yeah, he's one of my favourite cats.
0: Do you have any other players you want to mention?
1: I mean, like, there's so many guys to discuss because they won the flag. Um, Tom Hawkins, like, I've I've been thinking about him a lot. He's always been one of my favourite players in the AFL because he used to torture Hawthorne and kick that goal (laughs) after the siren against the Hawks. And also, it was a really, his emergence was a real comeback story he was in the twos in 2011 at one stage. And, you know, the average AFL fan was like, is he gettable? Could, could he be acquired in a trade? And it, then he goes ahead to, like, be probably their best finals player that year. He was so good. And then I looked at him this year, and I think he might be underrated with the gravitational effect he has. Tom Hawkins is such a good one-on-one mark And he can be basically stationary. He never is. He's always dynamic and moving and wrestling. But he can stand in the pocket with his guy. And the defensive team has to bring a number over to mind that because no one feels comfortable when they've got someone wrestling Hawkins one out. And when you think about it, that brings so much space for, you know, historically it could be Radigalia taking pack marks or Jeremy Cameron obviously spotting up with the ball and Gary Rowan spotting up with the ball. So love for Tomahawk for sure.
0: Yeah. The spacing that he provides is, yeah, it just opens everything up. And it, that's what I think really brings the small forwards into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, small, and there's small forwards who can crumb a, crumb a goal yep. and are clean.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. The other thing that came out, like popped off the screen for me, is Stanley's tackling. I love, and he's a cool story as well. I think, obviously, he used to cop it the most, I think, when Geelong were losing finals in recent years. People were saying they don't have a good enough ruckman, and they certainly do. Their, their ruck yeah. brigade is such a modern ruck brigade. They're both really good ground ball um, tacklers,
0: and I'd say Stanley's a pretty good ball user now. He is. Yeah, he's got a nice kick on him.
1: Yeah, real versatile player. Yeah,
0: kicking out of defence as well. There's a few times in the final series that he'd mark the ball in defence and he'd do some low bullets.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. He had a really good grand final. Really good. Yeah, he final. did. Yeah. You got any, anything else pop off the screen at you?
0: Yeah. Do we take a moment to appreciate Joel Selwood? Absolutely. Yeah, so I think Joel Selwood has to go down as one of the greatest ever cats. Yep. One of the best captains of all time. Yep. And yeah, just one of the most courageous players to ever play AFL. Do you remember there was a good 10-year period where he'd come off every game and get bandaged up and then go out there? Yep. Just because he was putting his head over the ball um, every time he was out there? Yep. So I think there's two players who have been at Geelong for a long time who I think really drive the culture um, from a playing point of view. It's Tom Hawkins and Joel Selwood. Mm-hmm. And Joel Selwood, and we saw what a amazing human being he was before and after the grand final. Yeah. And so he's just the type of player that, you know, if I was a young AFL player going into Geelong, I'd be pretty stoked. But like being able to train alongside Joel Selwood, being able to pick his brain, being able to call him, you know, hopefully a friend would have such a lasting impact because he would show, he goes about the business the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, I think being able to do what he did for, um, for as long as he did, he would, he's, Preparation from a physical and mental point of view would have been immaculate. Yeah. Uh, And then he's, then on top of that, he's just such a great bloke.
2: Yeah. It's been a really
1: cool career to watch as well because he was the young star among all of the aging stars of their early premiership era. And by 2011, he was a legit star. I mean, he was really awesome straight away. He was was a star straight away. But. Then there was a period of time where he kind of had to carry their midfield to an extent. He had to be the bull, um, and he was really good at it. I loved Joel Selwood in that era. Dangerfield came along. They became Dangerwood. Yeah. And it was, that it was a really cool plan A they had, which was those guys were awesome stoppage players. They could, um, They were both really physical. And then you look at the player he's become, or he was in his last year, he helped usher through guys like wow. Guthrie, Atkins, Close, Blissaves as um, midfielders. But I'll tell you what, it was still awesome watching Selwood release his teammates in the guts. He was still damn
2: good at it.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That um, that center that clearance against Brisbane, which was Neil-esque, was uh, reminiscent of a younger Selwood. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and and he had such a massive impact. Remember, uh, I forgot which finals, but he only had twelve touches. Like yeah. there's no way that the Brisbane one, the Brisbane, yeah, best twelve touch game ever. <laughs> yeah, but then in for the rest of the finals, he, you know, he's he was up. His averages were in the in the mid twenties, so he was still he, he still had it as a player. Yeah, uh, and he's going out on top, which not many players can can say. But he he deserves it. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, I don't think,
1: by the way, we've given enough love to Jeremy Cameron. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. be honest. Um, I mean, he. He became their best player, probably the best player in the AFL this year. The style of his game is – I reckon he's the best player to watch in the league because he's such a beautiful disposal. He looks like a wing when he's running up the field. But his forward craft is incredible, and he's created, um, with Hawkins, the most damaging forward line since those – sorry, Cats fans, those Hawks teams. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, he it is he's reminiscent of Buddy during those years.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like a, a buddy that can even go and send the clearances and.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and when when Jeremy Cameron's attacking the ball on the wing, and he just finds a way to impact the contest. If it's like you know, if the ball's on the ground, he'll jump and he'll um, knock it to to Geelong's advantage. Or if he marks a ball and he wheels around, he just like. Hits bullets into the forward 50 with his beautiful disposal. Yep, and then the, and that you know we, what we know Jeremy Cameron for is kicking goals and a lot of goals, and he still kicked a lot of goals despite him you know doing a lot of great work up in the center in the center. So yeah, he was I think he was the best player in the league.
1: Yeah, and he was he was the the he was always there. He never went away across the year. That's what I noticed. And when they needed him the most in that Collingwood semi, he was the best player on the ground that day. He kicked clutch goal after clutch goal, and he contributed. I remember you; it's leapt out to you that he beat Darcy Moore or Jeremy Howe in this amazing one-on-one contest on the flank, where yeah. he released his teammate to to get a goal in that last quarter. Um, he is a champion. Yeah, he
0: for mine. He is the he was the best player in twenty twenty two.
1: Yeah. Um, should we give some love to Holmesy, our guy, Max Holmes?
0: We can. I feel like you want to start this one off.
1: Well, when we look at year-to-year improvements, I'd say Holmes had a large part to do with their identity this year. He brings so much dash to their team. He's a really good ball user. Similar to Close, That he, he's a good inside and outside player. Um, so Holmes was awesome, even though he didn't play in the grand final. He's, he's going to get another chance.
0: Yeah, what he brought to this team uh, in this refresh was that youthful exuberance. Yeah. And, you know, he was he was a bit of an energizer bunny for the team and, and did a lot of good work around the ball and, you know, always put his heart into every game he played. And you could see that by his reaction um, when he was injured. Yeah. But then by all reports, apparently around the club, he was amazing. Yep. Grand final week before and after. Happy for the team. Wasn't you know. Obviously, it was unfortunate. Uh, it was an unfortunately timed injury. But yeah, just a really good clubman. As he, well,
1: he knows he's going to get back there.
0: there. Yeah, I think so. Yep, yep. Um,
1: another guy who he didn't miss in the end. He was the sub in the grand final. Parfit. Um, so he leapt out to me from the early games. He's a really good player, and yes. that Selwood vac- vacancy, Parfit is ready to fill in. Um, I know that there's going to be lots of competition and that'll be very healthy with their ins coming in. But I really like Parford as a footballer now.
0: Yeah, he's... Yeah, I think a few years ago, I thought that he was going to become a, one of the Geelong's best players. Uh, but he like, but Geelong have a development plan for, um, for everyone. And yeah, perhaps he's the one to take over the Joel Selwood role uh, in the midfield. And he's a ready-made replacement. And we know that he's a really good... Player, I think he, he came on into the grand final. I um, mean, he had a pretty good impact, even though the game was probably already lost. Yep. He had some nice disposals and kicked the goal. So, yeah, he's a really nice ready-made replacement. And that's just the Geelong factory.
2: If he played for Geelong. another
1: team, he'd probably be asking out, don't you reckon?
0: <laughs> because, like, yeah.
1: he's a really good player and he should be getting full-time minutes. But I don't think that's bothering him because he knows that he'll get his lick of the ice cream So this is going to be a fun category, I reckon, which is let's pick the best player of the final series.
0: What? Yeah. Who is it? Who you got? For me, I've got Patrick Dangerfield. Yeah. So he was... <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah. You know, why is that?
1: No, I just, I giggled because, I mean, I think it's I think that's pretty obvious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I almost feel like it was a silly question. Pardon? But the reason why it was... Like that Brisbane game, I think mm-hmm. what I, when we watched it, it, was his aerial brilliance, which was a point of difference and really helped set up that game. And he was everywhere. But then the grand final was his on, like when the ball was on the ground, he just launched at, yeah. at it. And then it was always to um, Geelong's advantage. Yep. And he was, yeah, he was an absolute raging bull for, yep. that in the, for the final series. Yeah.
1: And, he was good in the Collingwood game. He was, yeah. he was definitely good. He was best on ground versus Brisbane. First or second best on ground in the grand final and good in the Collingwood game. Impactful. He was in our best, I think, in, yeah. in yeah. the Collingwood game. Yeah, I agree. I think he yeah. deserves best player of the final, final series. series yeah. Do you think it was a no-brainer, like my giggle suggested?
0: I, th- I think he is the, was the best and he's probably on a tier on his own. But then the tier below that, there's a few other players... It really stood out. Like, I think if Tom Hawkins kicked a bit straighter, he could have gone from that bottom, the second tier to the danger field tier. Yep. Um, cause he, but he kicked, I think, was it eight goals in the last two games?
1: I um, uh, can't, can't remember Seven exactly. Eight, a lot of
0: behinds, which is probably what stopped him. But he was, I thought Tom Hawk Tom um, is in the conversation. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, he, he wasn't amazing in the Collingwood
1: game, which is, I think, yeah. why danger definitely. Um, skipped away in the end, but I agree. Hawkins deserves a mention. His last two games, and yeah. the, the Brisbane game was amazing. His grand final, sure, he wasn't the norm winner, but he kicked the two most critical goals of the, the game. Two, you can yeah. say the first two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who do you have? Um, tier below. In the tier below, um, you know who leapt out at me, um, Tim Beach Duncan, not Tim Duncan. Um, good basketball, Tim Duncan. But Mitch Duncan, yeah, he played well in all games. Um, it's just that he just coasts along and does his great
0: things. He just, yeah. he just produces. Every game, yep. Um, how did you see the much maligned Gary Rowan's final series?
1: Uh, he was amazing in the Collingwood game when they yeah. needed him most. And yeah. you can argue they don't win that game if he doesn't take that awesome pack mark and kick a clutch goal after degoey had kicked a clutch goal. So, yeah, he was excellent. And then he was a role player after that. Yeah. Um, but a role player with a point of difference.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and I thought that Colin, his his game against Collingwood was just like, who is this guy? Yeah. Is he Mr. September? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So
1: that he gets to be in the history books as having that really awesome finals moment, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He's up there. I I mentioned close before was prolific throughout. Um, He, he, his output was consistent. I thought Stengel was going to be in this as well. Yeah. Um, But I think he was a little quiet in the pies game. Like, yeah, a little bit quiet. The great thing is the cats were such a good team that none of these guys played bad in their quiet games. Um, I just think that, you know, Stengel in the Pies game didn't really put her on the scoreboard, but his pressure was still there. It's not like he was a bad user of the ball. Um, but his last two games of the finals were excellent. Yeah. 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 So he's up there. Um, so like Selwood is probably, you know, I'd say arguably third.
0: Yeah. I was, I was about to say, Zane, uh, you know, he was, he was really busy in the, the Collingwood game. Um, he had the best twelve game, twelve touch game we've ever seen mm-hmm. against Brisbane, and then he was a colossus. Yep. Uh, he was a colossus in the grand final, and he kicked that amazing high difficulty goal. Yep, so Guthrie yeah, he,
1: played well throughout. Did you think?
0: Yep, yep. He, he sort of I put him with uh, Duncan. Just does like he just wheels around, hits targets, tackles the ball, takes risks. They come off.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Every, every game.
1: I agree with that. Um, I reckon Deconing, like the defenders, always sort of get disrespected because you look over the stats, but yep. they played so damn well as a unit. But Deconing was excellent. Yeah. Um,
0: Tommy Adkins.
2: Oh, definitely.
0: Yeah. So he, like, he's. We've talked about him a lot because we have a lot of love for him. He's he's built for finals. He is that that high pressure, um, you know. Standing up in tackles, he uh, doing doing a bit of a um, a run with role as well,
1: yeah, yeah, if the Geelong Reddit uh, moderators hadn 't kicked me off, I would have put up a Tom Atkins highlight video from the finals because he's he it's looks really good when you package all of his involvements his positive involvements together, yeah, you can see how much of an impact he had.
0: So, how is next year looking for the Catters? Back to back. Back to, I'm I'm tipping them to be back to back. I think coming into 2022, uh, I felt like there was two big question marks about Geelong.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: First was the age profile, mm-hmm. uh, and so you know they made a bit of a mockery of that on the Mad Monday. But two, they've had a very quite a similar game style for a, a long time, and it's it's tried and it's proven in the home and away season, but sort of falls down in the finals. And they changed that. And I think they changed that because they brought new um, faces, fresh perspectives, and they were moving forward. And I think that they're not going to stand still. They're going to continually improve. Uh, so Joel Selwood's obviously a massive loss. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they fill that leadership void. I think on field, he's he's probably um, replaceable yeah. uh, to an extent. Yeah. But the leadership's going to be a big, a big drop-off because he was such a... He was, he was the leader of Geelong.
1: As someone who's not, you're not, you know, involved at Geelong footy club, who leaps out at you as helping to fill the leadership void?
0: I think Tom Hawkins is going to play a very important role from a, a cultural point of view. Yep. Um, but then from a, from an on-field leadership, Patrick Dangerfield as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, could, I really like the idea. I like Zach, no, Cam Guthrie. Yeah. He, he leaps out to me. Yeah. How about yourself?
1: Yeah, it is a curly one. You're right to mention Hawkins. Hawkins is a big part of the team's personality, um, and he's he is a lovable fella that represents somewhat the heart of their team, and now the soul as well. With Joel gone, um, Danger's a good one, even though I've never thought of him necessarily as that guy. He's fit for the task, and he has the ability to impact games. But maybe he should think about picking and choosing um, the way he does it to keep enabling teammates to come through. And they're going to have good youngsters coming in next year. Yeah. So maybe Dangerfield can play a bit more of a utility role and be more of a leader. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He's so useful forward of the ball. Um, yeah. He'd probably be a gun defender if he, if he moved down there as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, Danger's a good call. Um, It's really hard to know with the defenders. Like, we know who the leader of the back line is. Yeah, Um, Yeah. so um, they're they're well set. They've got great leadership within the club as well. Um, The the thing that leaps out at me as their next big challenge as a footy club is Hawkins is managing the exit of Hawkins. Um, Now, like, I think he's still going to be an awesome player next year. And he doesn't really rely on speed. And yep. strength ages well. Yeah, So I'm not concerned about that for next year. I also don't think he's a very uh, ballistic athlete either. Like I don't think he's flying around to the point where he's susceptible to big injuries. A lot of it's just managing, carrying his weight around. I know he's had some back issues in the past. But I'm optimistic the Cats will... Look, they're still going to have a good forward line with direction because they've got a guy called Jeremy Cameron. And Tyson Sengel. And Tyson Stengel, exactly. And they will have Tom Hawkins next year, so their forward line's got no issues. I think this is a watch this space for how the amazing list managers at Geelong in the next few years plan that exit because there's not many players like the Tomahawk in that role. Yeah,
0: I don't think you're going to replace him one for one, uh, but you, I foresee them bringing in a key forward or maybe developing one and then suiting their game style to uh, maximise the, the strengths of the new key forward. Because that's yeah. what they do. That's what Geelong does better than any team in the competition. They maximise strengths.
1: Can we play a fun game? Can you think of any players in the AFL that would fit the role the best, that they'll be able to acquire?
0: That they'll be able to acquire? Yeah, I
1: li- yeah I like I like this game. There's not a lot of players these days like Tom Hawkins.
0: No, I can't think of... Think of many,
1: like like when I look at the other great key forwards in the league, and I'd say, um, Norton is definitely not the type of player that Hawkins is. Where Norton likes flying at the ball in pack situations, which is a bit easier to defend than Hawkins um, picking his leads in the pocket yeah. and isolating his
0: man. So I think the name that sort of stands out for mine would be Joe Danaher. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's acquirable, but he can if. Like Joe Danaher, when he's flying for the ball, he's like unbeatable in a one one situation. And he can also be the forward 50 ruckman, not to the same effectiveness as Tomahawk. Um, but if you just plonked him into the Geelong forward 50, he'll kick, he'll have a lot of shots on goal, uh, a lot of behinds, but a lot of goals as well. Yeah. And then he can, he can be the forward 50 ruckman, allowing the Geelong other Geelong Ruckman, you know, your Stanley's, your Blissaves, to set up behind play.
1: Yeah, 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 I would agree with that. Um, I kind of think of, there's 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 not many Tom Hawkins in there's the world, is there? Yeah, and so that's going to be an awesome thing to watch. You know who does actually come to mind as a player who has that similar gravitational pull? It could be Dangerfield for a couple of years. <laughs> it's as, as, yeah. as, as crazy as that sounds, and they can um, develop a different structural key forward to help.
0: But dangerfield could be the guy isolating yeah, that, and he's got such great aerial presence as well yeah uh, and also one on one yeah there's not many uh there's not many defenders who would be able to match him for strength for speed and for that aerial ability yeah
2: yeah
1: maybe um actually max king would be a good one because no, i don't, max he king wouldn't, he would th- fit well, I mean, hear
0: me <laughs> out. <laughs> nah, I'm staring you up. But
1: he would be a great fit because you can plonk yeah. it on his head. Yeah, he'd yeah. be amazing. So <laughs> I'm seeing a tear just roll down your face right now. Um, yeah, that's a fun chat. I like thinking about things like that that are emerging in the next coming next few years. Um, I don't think that's going to be an issue for next year, though, is it? Yeah, um, what do you think of their Inns, Bruin, Henry and
0: Bose? Uh, so I'm not... I'm not particularly across uh, those players, truth be told, but I know um, with Bose comes pick seven. Yeah. And pick sevens in the reigning Premier's hands with a very good list management team talent identification is a scary proposition. Yeah. If it, uh, depends what they do with it. I think if they do on trade pick seven uh, for Henry, um, then you, I think Ollie Henry's actually a really good small forward or midfielder. Couldn't tell you, to be yeah. honest. But look, really good, though. He's re- very talented. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if Geelong want you, you're doing something
1: right. Yeah. I almost did the cliche, well, he's playing AFL. <laughs> but, um, no, no, no. Yeah, he's apparently he's high, more highly rated junior than Jack. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I'm a, I'm the same as you. I'm not very well across them as players, both Bruin and Henry. But Bruin and Bose in particular, look like cats. They yeah. In terms of... Just they seem to do a lot right, yeah. And they can they'll fit in your system. And then Chris Scott will find players that can make geometrical differences on the field, like a superstar running forward, like Cameron, or an absolute beast like Hawkins. So,
0: yeah, they'll be right. Yeah, and and yeah, I think it's important for the Premiers to keep moving forward. Yeah, and adding you know young players, good players to the list sort of tweaking their game plan um, because um, staying stagnant is actually moving backwards. And yeah. I trust Chris Scott and, and, his, and the faith that he has in his assistants that we're going to see a different Geelong team next year, but we're also going to see a very, very, very good Geelong team. Next yeah. Year.
1: The, st- the stars of the next few years for the Cats are going to be, you know, Hawkins, Cameron, yeah. Stewart and Deconi. Yeah,
0: DeConing for sure.
1: Yeah, and obviously, danger. As long as he's playing, is going to be a big important name. But DeConing is going to be, I think, a gravitational star.
0: Yeah, and th- and there's a f- few of the other younger players who are going to continue on the development. So development's not always linear, as we know. Um, but you know, I'm expecting the likes, of someone like Brad Close, uh, to take his game up yep. to start to you know really. Impacting every game more in the in the ways that he can.
1: I can see Holmes getting an all Australian at some
0: stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, I think I, I, I really wanted to see Stanley back up back it up as well. So I do like despite him being a former Stanley, I actually really do like Ree Stanley. And uh, we saw what a great final series he had. So hopefully he can have a really good year and cement himself to be a, one of the premier ruckmen in the in the competition.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, I love it. Yeah, well. There's a lot to look forward to, especially the acquisition of Max King in a couple of years' time. <laughs> so thanks for listening to us, Cats fans. Um, we'll be there for you next year with the big, big wins. Um, and just stay tuned to our feed and socials to see what we have coming. If you're enjoying the How About and Footy podcast, please like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to follow us on social media. Our socials handles are in the show notes. DM us for
2: feedback on socials also. Thanks.